0: You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Over. Hi, this is Kim, and today I want to continue our February focus on relationships with this show I'm calling Sex and Romance, Synchronicity or Warfare. It's probably apropos to speak about this the week after Valentine's Day. How was your Valentine's Day? Did you have the communication about what you wanted that we talked about last week? Maybe you were hoping for romance and your partner was hoping for sex. Are you in a relationship where one of you prioritizes sex and the other prioritizes romance? Naturally, people generally like both. But if you had to choose one, would you and your partner choose the same thing? Do you find yourself wondering whatever happened to the sex or the romance in your relationship? Did it used to be much more frequent than it is now? In my work with couples, I find it's quite common for partners to not prioritize equally in the sex and romance department. When everything is new, pheromones are raging and both people are trying to please each other. There is an endless supply of sex and romance in the beginning of a relationship. Later, as time gets short, the high of the newness starts waning and maybe even children are born. You each begin to pull back a bit from the part of the sex romance dance that isn't your priority. This can lead to a lot of confusion, disappointment, and eventually anger. People often wait to seek professional help after the symptoms of unhappiness in their relationship has gone on far too long. What can happen over time is the synchronistic sex romance dance you mastered naturally in the beginning can turn into a game of relationship warfare. When you know what your partner is craving and you aren't feeling understood by them, you tend to hold back what they want in an attempt to punish and control them. If your partner prioritizes sex, you stop being sexual. If your partner craves romance, you stop being romantic. Perhaps you're both thinking, I'll do more when you do. What's wrong with that? Well, you're both unhappy, and neither is willing to take responsibility for taking that first step. Can you see where the future of that relationship is going? Right. Nowhere. This is a slippery slope and can lead to some difficult times in your relationship. I love when clients come early on, when they notice a change so they can get on top of it before it becomes a solidified habit. I had one client recently, let's call her Lindsay. New baby, husband feeling left out, baby takes up all her time and energy. She's in a full-time management job with no energy left for sex or romance. Not even sure she likes sex anymore. She didn't drag her husband in to see me. She took responsibility for her part of the problem. She knew this change started with her and she was unhappy. She recognized the part she was playing in her husband's unhappiness by not prioritizing sex. She knew if she was unhappy, and at least a part of the problem, she needed to change. So she made an appointment with me. I'll tell you more about what happened with Lindsay in a bit. I'm a firm believer in taking the responsibility for your part in the relationship challenge. When you're unhappy about something, it's your job to fix it, not your partner's. Yes, of course you can ask for what you want. If your partner gives it to you, great. Problem solved. Most often, though, your partner is doing whatever he or she is doing because it works for him or her, and they aren't likely to change just because you ask. Then it's your responsibility to do or think something different that leads you to greater happiness. Couples in this situation make their best attempt to fix things by using what they were taught to engage in as children, some version of the Golden Rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. However, the Golden Rule is not the best thing to apply in this situation. You need to begin using Tony Alessandro's Platinum Rule. Do unto others as they would have you do unto them. When using the Golden Rule, the partner who prioritizes sex over romance will make sexual overtures towards their partner who is craving romance. This leaves the romance partner feeling like they are only appreciated for their ability to be a sex machine for their partner. Similarly, the romance partner will make romantic overtures towards their sexual partner hoping for reciprocation, and the sexual partner is feeling like they're only called upon for warmth and comfort and may feel like they're being teased. Both of you are communicating the message for what you want, but your partner is misunderstanding your intentions. You both want to move closer to one another, but in order to have success, you must communicate your message in the way your partner can understand, so they will lean into you rather than pulling away. In speaking to Lindsay, we talked about how she seemed to have lost her interest in sex, but is very willing to touch her partner's hand or arm or snuggle up to him on the couch. After asking her some questions, she became able to imagine what things might be like for him. He wants to express his love for her by being close in sexual intimacy. He is tired too from a long day with their child as a stay-at-home parent and wants nothing more than to reconnect with Lindsay in a sexual way. Her rejections feel particularly harsh to him as he's craving her physical closeness. We talked about the thoughts Lindsay has when her husband makes it known to her that he is interested in sex. She admitted her thoughts were none too romantic or sexual. She was thinking something like, I can't believe you're asking me to have sex right now. Don't you know how tired I am after working all day and I've spent no time with the baby so I want to be involved with this bedtime ritual and then I'm headed to bed. Can't we just cuddle tonight? Some nights her husband did cuddle and others he stayed downstairs waiting to go to bed until she was already fast asleep. This is a dangerous pattern that causes unnecessary stress to the relationship. Instead of thinking those mean, uncomplimentary thoughts about how all he ever thinks about is sex, she instead imagined what the day must have been like for him and how sex would be a great way to reconnect with him. She also thought about how long it's been since they had time together that wasn't rushed with. Will you just hurry up and finish, thoughts? She thought back to the time in their lives before kids when she absolutely loved sex and had an insatiable appetite for it. She remembered how much she loved her husband and how the needs of their relationship included having sex. When she came back for a follow-up session, she was quite happy about how things worked out. She found it quite remarkable how changing her thinking wasn't as hard as she thought it would be. Remembering how much she loves her husband and how much he sacrificed to be the stay-at-home parent helped her generate the loving, sexual feelings towards him that she needed to actually want to be sexual. Instead of wishing the act to be over, she found herself initiating and even enjoying the sex. And surprisingly, to her, not to me, she mentioned how her husband was more loving and romantic than he had been in quite some time. When you change your behavior to engage the platinum rule instead, magic can happen. If you want more sex in your relationship, you need to be more romantic towards your partner. If you want more romance in your relationship, you need to be more sexual. Some people may argue they shouldn't have to engage in any behavior they don't want to, and quite frankly I agree. No one should force you, and you shouldn't even try to force yourself. Before you try out new behavior, you need to be receptive to the idea that you're doing what's best for the relationship, not necessarily what's best for you. A lot of times we're reluctant to change until our partner demonstrates a change first, which results in a stalemate, even when we know taking the first step will help the relationship. It's like you're afraid taking the first step makes you more vulnerable somehow. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be more vulnerable on the side of the relationship than protected and righteous in my stubborn position of not changing until you do. This isn't a contest. It's a relationship. If it's worth nurturing, then take the first step. If you're rejected, go ahead. Try again. Decide how many times you're willing to try for the good of the relationship. If it's three times, do three. If it's twenty, Do 20, and if it's forever, never give up. Keep trying. Give it as many times as you think your relationship is worth. It may seem counterintuitive to apply the platinum rule, but when you do, neither of you are prioritizing your partner's needs over your own. You're actually prioritizing the needs of your relationship, which trumps both of your individual needs and desires. Try it. I know you'll thank me. If you're enjoying Life Equals Choices, Choices Equals Life, please invite others to listen and subscribe. I hope you'll join me next week for Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. For those of you who have never heard of them, you'll be glad you do. And if you already know, it will be a great review. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz slash podcast and remember to subscribe.